welcome to this week's 17th edition of Let's Have a Breakdown with me, Ali Monjag. And me, Harry Acton, and my cat, well I say my cat, Tinkerbell. And Tinkerbell. It's, it's always good <laughs> to bring a bit of magic to the party, Harry. Well, you know, since our, our listeners seem to quite like the, the cat, she is she's on my lap at the moment. She's joining into the podcast, to say the least. Um, but Ali, how are you? Well, let's not talk about cats. Let's talk about people. How are you? I'm good, yes. But let's face it, Harry, desperate times call for desperate measures after this week. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I've spoken to so many American friends across the pond. I really do feel for you. I mean, what on earth happened? Well, you know, capital this week. What on earth happened? And that, Ali, that was my reaction when I was, uh, we can even look at this fortunately or unfortunately, was in the newsroom after 7pm on Wednesday night when hmm. that was the time in the UK that everything started happening at the Senate. And uh, speechless is probably the word I would have used. Um, madness, absolute madness, criminal damage, it, it, threats of violence, people have died it yes. was literally domestic terror that we saw on Wednesday. Yeah. Which Joe Biden himself has said. It's called them domestic terrorists. It's mental. I feel really sorry for America right now. I really do. Well, yes, I do as well. It, it, it's it's really not a great situation, is it? Um, and, you know, dear Mr. Trump has, um, although he incited the violence in a bid to stop Partly, it was driven, obviously, by Joe Biden's confirmation. Um, but also, I think it was slightly driven by the elections in Georgia, because there has been a rebalance in the House of Representatives after the two Democrats, Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, won two runoff Senate races. So, hmm. Yeah, that means that the Democrats control the House and the Senate, which it's been a while since they've had control of both of those, both of those at the same time. So it's positive for Joe Biden. But yeah, going back to Donald Trump, I mean, you know, he issued a statement Wednesday afternoon, American time, um, whichever time zone, I know you've got three, um, about the protesters. And he said, you need to go home. You're heroes, but you need to go home, which then got him banned from Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And as we saw later this week, Twitter has now permanently banned Donald Trump and Facebook and Instagram have given him a ban with no clear end point. Could be after the inauguration, it could be permanent. So he well and truly has lost his voice to the people and that the US networks have shunned him for, for weeks now. And now he's lost social media. Well, yes. And he, he also put a tweet, didn't he, on the POTUS account about, you know, loss of free speech, etc. Uh, but quite frankly, you know, after inciting the violence that he has in America, it's um, really not a good situation. Um, but, you know, and also he shouldn't be on social media, you know, saying those types of things. So, um, to be fair, though, to Mike Pence, he did declare that Joe Biden was the president-elect, was the next president of um, America, um, even though that um, dear Donald Trump had tried to stop him doing that. Um, and he also, Mike Pence, will be attending the inauguration of, of Joe Biden. Um, I don't think yes, Trump he will be there. Will he, will he though? 
No, Trump tweeted before his account got banned. So I'm going to keep bringing that up because it's sweet justice. Um, Trump, Trump? <laughs> Trump tweeted before he got banned that he will not be attending Joe Biden's inauguration, to which Joe Biden replied, cool, fine by me. He'd rather not have him there. So um, yeah, it's, it's very much looking like America is going to hopefully calm down a bit after January 20th, which of course is the day of the inauguration. Um, and we've also seen this week that another platform that was used by far right activists, and I'm sure some Americans will disagree with me, but that is what you've been termed by the president-elect. Um, Parler, which technically is a social media platform that is totally about free speech and has actually been accused of inciting some of the violence we did see on Wednesday. And if you look through some of the posts on there, like I did this week, it is absolutely abhorrent what was being posted on there. Has been told by Amazon Web Services, who host them, that they're no longer going to be hosted by Amazon and they're going to shut them down. So, you know, and it all comes down to an article Mr. Trump actually signed, Mr. Trump, Donald Trump signed, giving companies the right not to serve customers. So he's really shot himself in the foot. <laughs> well, he, he he has shot himself in the foot in more ways than one. Um, you know, it, it is time to move on from this sort of terrible four years of presidency, isn't it, really? I mean, there's been protests in Brooklyn, in New York, um, in regards to, you know, re- getting justice for, for a fascist leader, some people are saying, you know, in, in free speech, by the way, I should say. And obviously, that's not fake news. Um, And even, you know, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, has promised decisive action and the articles of impeachment are ready to go before the House this week. So I do believe that they are actually going to try and start impeaching Donald Trump tomorrow. Well, I think, you know, speaking frankly and completely impartially, because there's no way you can justify Donald Trump's actions. There is literally no way. He never condemns these protesters. He, you know, if he does get impeached, he does get removed from office. If if Mike Pence changes his mind and invokes, you know, the article to remove the president, you could argue that everything he's done has shown that he mentally is impaired, which would be within the constitution, or that he is just completely unstable. Which and he's he's inciting illegal action, which means that he could be impeached. So he has brought this on himself, and I I I don't have any way of defending him. And I'm sure there's Americans out there listening that are going, but he was trying to protect our rights as voters. I'm sorry, but all the evidence and the facts show that the Democrats won fair and, and square. square. They did. And, and, you know, to be I, fair, yeah. there's been lots of um, Republicans as well that have supported that decision, not just Mike Pence. Um, it just only seems to be, you know, not democracy is not lost in America. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, there still is a strong Republican Party without Trump and the, the, the senators that are Trump supporters, such as Ted Cruz and and gang, mm. um, yes. shall we say? Gang. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a good good word for them, Harry. Don't you? I I agree, and I, you know, before before we keep going on, Ali, I mean, there's talk of him coming to Scotland, which we'll briefly say Nicola Sturgeon's never going to allow that. He wants to play golf. Believe it or not, Mister Trump, golf. Golf courses are shut in the UK at the moment because of the COVID pandemic. So I highly doubt we'll see him in Scotland next week. Um, But we probably should, Ali, say that for the five people that died, you know, including a police officer, this was completely 
unnecessary, completely could have been avoided. Mm. And we need to hope that this sort of action never, ever happens again. It is... Terrorism. uh, Again, it is terrorism. And I hate to use these words as a journalist, but we are literally quoting Joe Biden, the president-elect, on this. And I think we all need to take a moment and look at what happened this week and globally learn from what happened. Absolutely. You know, we all play a part in democracy. We do. Stuff like this yes. is not democracy. Sorry, Ali, I got a bit heavy there. But... No, 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 it, quite right. I mean, uh, Boris Johnson, our own prime minister, effectively said at a press conference this week that what Trump did was wrong. Absolutely. And I think we'll move on to our next topic in just a moment. And, you know, take a minute to remember the people that that lost Lost their lives unnecessarily Mm -hmm. this week. Our thoughts are with your families. And it's time to move on now to some uh, different news, not necessarily more positive, but different. I mean, as many of our UK listeners will have known, and probably many of our listeners around Europe, um, Sadiq Khan, the London mayor, has declared a major incident in London as COVID-19 cases are soaring exponentially. The the key facts here are London hospitals are going to run out of beds within weeks if the spread of COVID-19 is not reduced dramatically. And the capital's mayor, Sadiq, as I said, has warned that a a major incident needed to be declared and that cases are out of control. It sums up, you know, looking back to August, Ali, when things were looking up, it is mad that we've come back to the situation and it is so much worse. Well, it is so much worse. I was about to say that, Harry, we can't even really compare. I mean, they're, they're even going as so far the scientists to say that, you know, it it is a lot worse uh, it than is. it was in, in March. I mean, I, I listened to an interview this morning with Professor Peter Horby from NerveTag, who, you know, the scientific body that worked with the government, mm. And they said, you know, it it is twice as bad, basically, than it was at the, well, at the beginning of March last year. And it's to do with the different variants. We know this. And, you know, unfortunately, we are a very highly populated nation as well. We are. And people will say that we weren't testing as regularly as we were back in the in the height of the first peak in in March, April last year. Yes, we weren't. But at the same time, we weren't seeing hospital cases like this. You know, that is a clear indication this is much worse. Whether you believe that PCR tests work or not, and I know a lot of people that I've spoken to think they're completely rubbish. Well, look at the number of people in hospital. You know, and Mr. You know, Sadiq Khan said himself in, in an interview with Sky News that on average across the UK, one in 50 people have COVID at the moment. One in every 50, which is mm. shocking enough. In London, on average, it's one out of every 30. And in certain parts of London, it's one out of 20 people who have COVID-19. And London Ambulance Service is now taking up to 8,000 emergency calls a day compared with 5,500 on a typical busy day. So that's on a busy day. But it's not just so, the London Ambulance Service that are being called out now. It's the police no. as well. Yes, because, police will be know, driving the, ambulances. Yeah, the, the crisis is, is such that, you know, it, you know, they're having to just recruit as many people as they can to to deal with the situation. And that there's backlogs of ambulances queuing to get into hospital. Yeah, there are. And... This is this is worrying. I mean, we're seeing about 800 people in the capital a day admitted to hospitals. That's the same size as a probably a 
medium to large size hospital in the UK, but that's not intensive care beds. That is their capacity. But they're also taking, people. I mean, the, the, the ambulance service themselves are now taking up to 8,000 emergency calls a day compared with the typical 5,500 on a typical busy day. I mean, winter's always busy. Yeah, and compared to flu, there are graphs out there. You know, even during the flu, bad flu seasons we've had, which has caused the NHS to say, look, we're in trouble here. This is so much worse, so much worse. And the numbers are saying it now. And yet we saw anti-lockdown protests in Clapham Junction this week. It was 30 people, of which 12 got arrested. But still, you can't ignore this anymore. Whether you believe COVID-19 exists or not, people are going into hospital and people are dying. The death rate is over a 1,000 a day again. Well, it's, it's, it's higher than it's ever been. Absolutely higher than it's ever been. And I, I hate to be doom and gloom. And I know we try and be positive in this podcast, but we really do have to stay at home now. This virus can, will attack anyone, no matter what your age is. It is not just people who have underlying medical conditions or are old. It's everyone and anyone. Yes, and I think absolutely. that's what people are worried about. It is everyone and everyone, which is um, pretty tough, really. I understand it's not great having to be at home. I mean, I'm working from home all the time. So, you know, my life has changed significantly. But however, you know, I've, I, it's, it's not so hard. It's not so hard. I mean, think about, you know, people in World War Two. I mean, how did they function? I keep coming back to this, Harry, don't I? But, you know. Yeah, yeah it, but it I is mean, a this, comparison that's being drawn. It's, it, a, it's it, a good comparison. It is a, it is a good comparison because, you know, fortunately we have things like, you know, we're talking over Zencaster today. Well, I'm not trying to do uh, an endorsement. A PR stunt there, no. but that is what we uh, use. Yeah, that is. <laughs> You know, we use software. I'm afraid yeah. we, we're not in the same room as each other. I wish. In good times, we probably would be. Yeah, but in good times. Those, those, those were the good old days, Harry. So, yeah. um, And they, they will come around again. They really, really will come around again. But, I mean, I think that the, the major thing here is before we completely go off piece is that we just need to stay home and stay, you know, save lives. I understand that people's mental health is an issue. I mean, if you really need to speak to somebody, you can talk to the Samaritans on 116123. Um, and, yeah. you know, you, you just really need to – we're all in this together. We are. We are all in this together. And it's hard for people. It's hard. But, you know, more than three quarters of trusts across the south, um, southeast of England, you know, southern England, eastern England and London. Again, more than three quarters of these trusts are above their first wave peak. Mm. And this is only going to ripple outwards. So it's, you know, it's more than likely we're going to get stricter measures next week from the government. What they'll be, we'll have to see. But we are back in the situation we were in in March. And I think it's important to note that people do need to take it as seriously, if not more seriously, because it is going to cost more lives until the COVID vaccine comes out, which we'll talk about a bit more later in the podcast. Absolutely. But, it, but I mean, I, yeah. I'd just like to sort of close with, you know, what Matt Hancock has been saying, and that is the message he has been putting out, you know, as health minister is you know, just act, behave like you have COVID-19 yourself. Right. Well, let's really start to talk about the positives in the coronavirus. At the moment, obviously, we have two new variants um, in the UK, but mm -hmm. yep. Pfizer jab may protect 
protect against mutant strains of the coronavirus. Now, that is what is being said at the moment, which is really great. Um, It appears to protect against the two coronavirus variants that spread across the UK that new researchers suggests. The pharmaceutical giant and researchers from the University of Texas Medical Branch carried out lab tests on the strains, one of which was found in the UK while the other originated in South Africa. So this is good news as far as, um, yes. you know, because there's been much um, contemplation and um, discussions around what will happen, you know, with these new variants and as the virus mutates, what will happen in terms of will these vaccines still be good? Will they still, you know, do the job that they need to perform? By the way, absolutely. Um, mm. also, again, you know, as, as I said earlier on, I did actually see an interview with Professor Peter Horby from NerveTag, the um, government body, um, scientific body. And he was saying that, yes, they do expect that they are going to have to renew the vaccines but not straight away. So it's not going to be, it's going to be treated like flu to a degree, but it's not going to be like every year, you know, how they have to update because, you know, there's a new strain or a different um, variant of a flu. So they won't have to do it every year. And then it fits in between, they, they think at the moment from the data that they've got between flu and the measles jab. So, um, you know, it will be every few years that they're thinking that they probably have to update the vaccine to treat the coronavirus. So that means that we are still on track. And again, I I keep coming back to Matt Hancock again. I mean, not surprisingly, really. But he has said that he um, the target is to vaccinate the whole of the UK by autumn. Yeah, and it is good news. And I mean, there's not really much more I can add to what you've said, Ali. You've hit the nail on the head a bit there. But it is always important, as I say, I'm going to be the more negative voice here, to stress caution. There are trials ongoing in South Africa at the moment, which, of course, has one of the new strains, um, as they are um, going through their final testing of the of vaccines. I'm not sure which type it is off the top of my head. But the news is that the South African variant, as far as we're aware, isn't as prevalent in the UK. We've only got the other one. Um, and the you know, these vaccines are looking extremely encouraging. I mean, we can take a quote from Dr. Alexander Edwards at the University of Reading, who said that more studies will be needed, but that the data was extremely encouraging, and that the data being gathered is exactly the kind of data that is needed to better understand how any mutation or variant might affect vaccine function. So this is optimistic. And as you said, we've, we've also got the Moderna vaccine approved now in the UK, which is, again is great news um, with 7 million doses on order. So the government could well vaccinate the whole of the adult population by autumn. There's, yes. a, there's a good chance they could. There really yeah. is a good chance they could, but it all depends on the supply chain. It's it does not the depend, NHS's fault. D- d- depend on the supply chain and obviously, you know, the, the logistics. But at the moment, they obviously this week has been, you know, we've, we've gone back into a national lockdown. Um, it, you know, it has been good as, and effective as in, you know, they have started the, the vaccine rollout properly with the military and they have put in logistics. Also this week, 
um, as far as, you know, treatments, vaccines are concerned. Um, NHS patients are to receive life-saving COVID-19 treatments that will cut hospital time um, by 10 days, they're saying, and clinical drug trial results show that the, re- the drugs reduce risk of death by 24%. And the drugs we're talking about, Harry, I can't even pronounce, but <laughs> I know it's when you're talking about, um, um, but for life Dolly of me, Dossier, not even um, Boris Johnson could pronounce this in the press conference, which is it doxymethasone? No, the de- dexamethasone has been the one that they've actually had been using already that they discovered right. back in the summer. Um, there's um, corticosteroid and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, they <laughs> not, oh, well, not, not, my, not my strong point, but, you know, I'm not alone. I've, I've listened to many journalists, not yourself, this week, um struggle with that <laughs> oh to- to- toxi Liz- toxi or something yeah yeah, I, yeah. we're not even gonna try it. anyway that's yeah. not our laughing there but it is good news for all our listeners so yeah again stay home this is good news but it does not mean that it's not it's gonna it does not mean it's gonna be a magic bullet like the vaccine so we just need to continue to stay home where possible but these are the small positives we're seeing at the moment which is the key thing to stress but there we go some good news and I'm now going to bring up a word that we thought 2021 really wouldn't, we wouldn't need to say it in 2021, Brexit. Oh, gosh, um, Harry. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. But for our European neighbours and people in the UK, it is it is quite a big deal. And let's start off with the positives. So far, we haven't seen massive disruption at UK ports, which is good news. No, not and since that is the- before... Not uh, since before the French shut the border, but that was mm. to do with COVID, not Brexit. But that's, that, is, that is the good news. Um, the bad news is that we've actually had warnings from senior government ministers. And the one and only Michael Gove, believe it or not, has warned that there is probably going to be significant additional disrupt, disruption at the UK border. So this free trade deal that Boris Johnson negotiated isn't as smooth as he made it sound in that Christmas Day announcement. There is a lot more red tape. And we've actually You're seen a joking, lot of... joking, Harry. I wish I was joking. We've seen a lot of UK businesses basically say oh we're not going to deliver to europe and that's actually including northern ireland as well because of the way there's a shortage of percy pig sweets in marks and spencers because they're struggling to find their way across the irish sea yes um and this is this literally is due to the red tape and it's it's you know it's a better deal than no deal at all but it is just this red tape that businesses are having to get used to with what paperwork they need to file so yes trade can move which is great but we're going back to a lot of declaration forms that we haven't had to do with europe for many no. many years so and to be fair government figures um the latest ones that we've got to hand show that around 700 lorries have been turned away from the border since new roles new roles new rules came into force and about 150 fines have been handed out for non-compliance with new rules in kent so you know this is well, this is good. Is, yes, it, but I mean, officials massive. have said that those numbers could increase as the flow of lorries heading through Kent increases yes. with traffic drastically reduced at present. Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> the figures we've got, isn't it? On average, over the past week, only 1,584 lorries attempted a border crossing per day, which only sits at around 40% of historical norms. 
So that's probably why we haven't seen as much disruption as we have seen. So, you know, we could see disruption in coming weeks or, it, you know, businesses might be able to get through it. And I think it is going to be a massive learning curve, but I it's never it promising to hear from a government minister, especially one who was pro-Brexit. Yes. But there we go. Yes, it's very true. Um, so, I mean, it, we've we've got people like seafood exporters said that they've been hit by perfect storm of bureaucracy, IT problems, and confusion following Brexit. I mean, <clears throat> to be fair though, let let's try and be a little bit positive. Um, you know, with the the Duchy of Lancaster, which obviously is Michael Grove. Um, you know, I d there is going to be a period where things do need to be ironed out, so to speak. Yes, there is. There absolutely is. And as we've mentioned, it's better than a no deal. So there are positives here. Um, but again, we have seen major carriers like DPD get overwhelmed with how to sort out stuff like tax and what declaration, declarations they need to file. So... And, you know, if we quote the government here, who who did issue a statement, they said that although many businesses have moved goods successfully since the 1st of January, we are aware of some issues and are providing guidance and support. So make of that what you will. Mm. But we'll have to see what happens towards the end of January is the key thing here. Positives and negatives, Ali. <laughs> Positives Definitely, and negatives. But as I said, you know, to be fair, with this sort of... Um, situation there is always going to be you know things that need to be ironed out but yeah mm. yeah very true and i think you know that's where we'll leave brexit talk and hopefully we won't have to do too much more brexit talk no there's no business like show business right let's move we better not get dmca'd ali we better not get a copyright claim because of that no um. i don't think we will it's just <laughs> ali having a, a little burst um, Go on, so, give us your showbiz news, eh? Go yeah, on. Showbiz news. Bridgerton, right. Bridgerton has been uh -huh. tipped as the, um, you know, best sort of period drama of the moment. It's been created by Chris Van Dusen. It's actually based on Julia Quinn's novels, who is a, actually an American writer, believe it or not. Um, so, you know, you, you can't really compare it to Downton because it, it's a mm. different sort of feel um, in terms of, you know, it's set in Regency London, high societies, debutantes yeah. that are presented at court. Um, I mean, the, the cast is really amazing. It's been a brilliant casting. It's produced by Shonda Rhimes, who have produced things like... Um, Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder, Station 19 and Scandal, just just to name a few. Just to name um, a few, yeah. But, but the, <laughs> um, the cast are amazing. And one of the um, starring roles is Daphne Bridgerton, because it is, you know, the Bridge Bridgerton, which is all about the Bridgertons, a family um, mm. in Regency London in high society and Phoebe Dynavore is plays actually Daphne Bridgerton who also um years ago used to be in um what was that school program uh I can't think now um 
Anyway, her mum is actually <laughs> Sally Dinafor, who is Sally Webster in Coronation Street and has just recently been awarded an MBE. But however, Phoebe Dinafor is um, the main character and we've also got um, Reggie Jean Page, who actually had a tiny little bit in Harry Potter years ago, but I have to say is is very pleasing on the eye, Harry, especially for <laughs> a woman. Oh god, um, okay, right, yeah, right. So, um, so Aura Man, yeah, so Aura Man, sorry, I should I shouldn't have said that. So um Fine. Yeah, it's all yeah, right. and he plays the Duke <laughs> of Hastings. So um there's there's lots of you know, fun to to be had with with right. this. Um, oh, yeah, interesting, interesting. I mean, I will confess, never heard of it until you just brought it up. But I'll, I'll look into it. But it's looking like Ali. It's it's not the only one that's up and that's trending at the moment. I mean, Sky have been on one recently, releasing lots of content, which is great when you're in a lockdown to get new releases. I mean, I'm sure everyone's watched the entirety of Netflix by now. It's been a long long 10 months um discovery of witches which is a sky original which as uh, as it sounds is about witches and creatures and all sorts um season two has just come out and it seems to be doing quite well it's picked up a lot of traction um, a lot of people tweeting about it on twitter to say the least lots of things written about it um looks like it's one to watch for sure and it's been renewed for a third season and it's a you know a British original TV show, so very exciting stuff there. Definitely worth a watch if you've got Sky, say the least. If you want a bit of um fantasy stuff, which is very well done, then it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I can't really go into it as much as Bridgerton, Ali. No, sorry, I've kind of, um, I've, I've, I've kind of been lost in Bridgerton in the last sort of you know since it came out. I'd never have guessed. Day. I've never guessed that. Mm, um, but that is one to watch for sure. I mean, if you if you're not into historical things and the, the, that's if you're more into sci-fi fantasy then that's discovery which is a good one to watch on sky one and sky box sets um but you know in less entertainment news and more kind of educational news even the bbc is dedicating three hours of educational programming on bbc2 and cbbc each morning so for kids that might not have access to the internet or might have to share devices with other siblings the bbc is hoping to step in and fill the gap and it is it's quite literally its largest educational programming ever i think don't think there's any further definition of public service broadcasting on this I mean, brilliant stuff from the BBC, all starting on Monday. Definitely. Well, well and, mm. it, you know, it, it's so important right now because, you know, not everybody at home, children have access to the internet, you know, broadband and all the rest of it. So I think that that's brilliant. It is brilliant. And hopefully it will help fill the gaps. It's aimed at primary school children and also secondary school children to try and give them, you know, as much information as they can get in a fun way, like they'll be back in the classroom. Fair play to the BBC on that. I think we must give them credit where credit's due. And for all those people calling to defund the BBC, well, if you didn't have the BBC, you wouldn't be getting this for your children. So definitely Absolutely. time to wake up on that one. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of round off our entertainment section, we did have, of course, the, the sad news in recent weeks that Barbara Windsor passed away. Um, this week, her funeral was held. It was a small affair of 30 people. And... You know, it was picked up by the media and it was a really beautiful day, actually. And, you know, it, from people that were spoken to, it sounded like they, they talked about her life. It was really positive. Her funeral car had, you know, babs written in flowers and babes and stuff. And it Queen was just... Peggy and things like that. Yeah, wow. a really beautiful tribute to such an amazing woman who, of course, 
had um, Alzheimer's or dementia, one of the two, dementia, towards the end yeah. of her life, dementia, yeah. who became a really avid campaigner. A beautiful way to send off probably a, a British icon. And I don't think we're ever going to forget her. I mean, her roles in Carry On films, in soaps. She's going to go down in history. And it was really lovely to see her sent off the way she was. Absolutely. Really lovely. She, she mm. really is, you know, a, a British icon, isn't she? So, And she always will be at the age of 83. Um, yeah. I suppose it was only in the last sort of year or two that, you know, things really started to... Um, Go downhill. Spiral, shall we say, yeah. for, for Barbara. But yeah, she, she will always be remembered for obviously her role in EastEnders and Carry On. The Carry On films. Can't um, go wrong with the Carry On films. No, and you know, she was also a great advocate for trying to help people with dementia as well. So she did hmm. have many conversations with the government about helping Alzheimer's Research UK. Yes, and that probably only rounds off our entertainment section and, and indeed the whole the whole podcast this week. Wow. Sorry it's been a little bit longer than we planned. We might have gone off on a few tangents here and there. Um, but well, there's been a lot to talk about Harry, really. There has. There has, there has. And hopefully in the coming weeks it will get more and more positive again, like it did in the summer. Um, but yeah, for everyone listening, stay home, save lives, protect the NHS. Even if you're not in the UK, stay home, save lives, protect your local healthcare system. Of course, yeah. we've got the NHS here. Wear We're lucky to have it. Wear a mask. Yeah. And just follow the advice in your area. And if you have got a story for us, get in touch. Um, breakdown at forthenow.co.uk is our email. We always love to hear from you. Yeah. Stay safe. Mm. Take care. Be good to each yeah. other. Bye. See you next week. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>